Studios, 990 AM and 105.5 and 107.9 FM. 990 WDEO, Ypsilanti, Detroit, W300CO Dexter, and Ave Maria Radio Station, and on the net at AveMariaRadio.net. Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective by calling this toll-free number anytime in the next two hours. But start early. Your calls drive the show. You decide what the topics are today. The number is 877. That makes it toll-free. 573 877-573-7825-877-5-PEP-TALK, and we look forward to hearing from you today. Melissa is our call screener and engineer. She's good at multitasking. Give her a call. Be patient if you're uh, ringing in, and she'll, she'll get to you as soon as she can, and tell her your name, where you're calling from, and the please um, just a little bit about the topic, like the, the general topic you want to talk about today. She'll put you on my list and send it over here, and we'll take you when it's your turn. So again, this is Colleen Kelly-Mast. You're listening to Catholic Radio. If you're just flipping around the dials, hey, stay tuned here for the next two hours for some free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. And call in with your question or personal problem. The number is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. And I'm so blessed to have a studio in my home because I am in the Midwest where we are having a great blowing snowstorm. We had some... We've had couple snowstorms in a row and now today we had last night we had a few more inches and it's blowing around it would be hard to get out but thanks be to god here i am inside cozy and warm and talking to you so give us a call 877-573-7825 pep talk and for those of you that are new my name is colleen kelly mast i've been married way over 40 years i have five adult children seven grandchildren so far and uh, I have two sons that are still single actually one is dating now for a little update and I've been on Catholic Radio here for 24 years since 1999 so that's pretty exciting and for the last 10 years I just figured out I found out how long it's been I've been here on Saturday mornings on Mass to PLA I used to share the show with Dr. Ray Garendi I did the Mondays and Fridays because he traveled a lot and now he's able to do all five days so I'm a certified life coach I have clients of all ages from teenagers through elderly. I think 
maybe 90 years old, was the oldest life coaching client I've had. And I help people make changes, set goals, improve their relationships, face their problems, again, from a Catholic perspective, and figure out what virtue do we need to grow in or what goal do we need to set? What can we do here to discover your mission in life? I've got um, some, often I'll have a client from college that'll buy a package of eight or so, and she will, or she or he, actually, one cool, really young man about that, and are trying to figure out, like, what are, you know, what am I made for? What am I here for? What am I supposed to do? So we work with that, too. But for now, let's solve our problems of the day. Give me a call at 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. Maybe it's a spiritual problem, your relationship with God. Maybe it's a relationship with a spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend or parent or child or a young adult child or old adult child. Or maybe you're just feeling sorry for yourself and you don't know what to do about these things that you let in that gets you down if your heart is not absolutely full of the love of God. There are a lot of things going on in the world today and in our lives that can knock us off our feet. And sometimes we're just letting our emotions feed our brain rather than our brain feeding our emotions. So lots of things going on. So I'm also an author of Love Ed, Sex Respect, and Love and Life, three programs, three different programs. One has six or seven books to it. A couple of them have three books to that. So to help people understand the beauty of the Catholic Church teachings on marriage and chastity. So first I was a teacher with a master's in health education. I have a specialty in human sexuality education as well as see physical education, science, health, and theology. Back in the 80s and 90s, I traveled the world training people in sex respect and love and life, different dioceses from you know Hong Kong to well, Mexico and Canada. I was invited to the Vatican in the 90s when the Truth and Meeting of Human Sexuality was being released by the Pontifical Council for the Family under Pope John Paul II. That was an honor. They asked me to present my Love and Life program there. And I've been on Oprah, Geraldo, 60 Minutes, Steubenville Youth Conferences. I've debated the ACLU. I've debated Planned Parenthood. All to try to promote the beautiful teachings of our Catholic Church on human sexuality and love. And in see that God has been right all along. Since Humani Vitae, when, when the document came out in 1968 that said that uh, the love-giving and life-giving properties of marriage cannot be separated, and Pope Paul VI was made fun of, and even the news said, come on, Pope, you know, get with the times, you know, the birth control pill is cool. And now we see that God was right after all. We see the consequences right now in our culture of people ignoring the church teachings or thinking that they weren't good. Uh, for example, I've seen in the news recently three different things. Actually, you could probably find more, but I don't read the newspaper. These are just things that come across my way. The um, the double income, no kids. We call it, people call them dinks, D-I-N-K. Double income, no kids, couples have been trending on social media in their lives, which prioritize traveling around the world and keeping up with expensive hobbies. They're showcased. They share this across you know, Instagram and TikTok and all their various platforms. And the National Review points out that these videos have a clear message that says marriages are better without children. 
But this isn't true. Social surveys, all statistics show that among Americans 18 to 55 years old, those who are married and have children make up the happiest demographic. See, God was right after all. So it's true that the double income, no kids couples are likely to be wealthier than couples with children. Um, They're not likely to be happier. And it goes back to that old classic saying, money can't buy you happiness. So married couples with children consistently report in all statistical studies being happier than married couples without children. So this proves once again that children are blessings. And despite the efforts of the population controllers and the radical feminists to convince us otherwise, God is right, and you and I know this. Here's another scary one. Some of you might be old enough, or you might have studied it in history, to remember when communist China had their one-child policy about 30 years ago. Guess what? It's backfiring on them. And so the communist, the CCP is relentless in its propaganda now, pushing for its citizens to have children. But guess what? The women are saying no. <laughs> so according to the Wall Street Journal, fed up with the government harassment and wary of the sacrifices of child rearing, many young women are putting themselves ahead of what Beijing and their families want. No amount of government heckling will convince Chinese women to have the number of children needed to save the country from demographic collapse. Of course, it's not only the women who feel this way about growing families for the government. Much of the younger generation in China has rejected family life by participating in the lying flat or let it rot movements. Oh my goodness, is that sick. In Pope Paul VI, in Humani Vitae, said one of the three problems that would happen if we accepted birth control. And he was a prophet before his time. He said that, that men would come to use women as a sexual tool. Yes, that's true. Another thing he said, that governments would start controlling population. And that's exactly what started happening 30 years ago. And now... It's backfiring on them. They're telling people, please have children because our, our population is decreasing. Okay, here's another science has gone mad story that proves that the Catholic Church teachings are right. Surrogacy is spreading. That's using women's wombs as factories, using people rather than children coming into the world, as all of Pope John Paul II's documents say, um, through an act of love of a married couple. So surrogacy is spreading. For decades, the practice of surrogacy has complicated the determination of parental rights. Surrogacy requires that contracts or human agreements determine these rights since the birth mother is viewed only as a carrier. And all of our Catholic documents teach us about not objectifying and using people in this way. So the practice has grown more popular of surrogacy, but many states lack the regulations to protect parental rights and prevent women from being used as baby factories. So at its core, surrogacy involves buying a woman's body for use of the womb to create a child that has also been bought and paid for. It's human trafficking by another name, and only three states in America have banned the practice completely. There's more and more on the pro-life front that show us that God is right, which takes us to 
tomorrow's second reading. And that tells us, brothers and sisters, this is the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 6. Brothers and sisters, the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body. God raised the Lord and will also raise us by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? But whoever is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. We've got one single sentence with two words here coming up. Avoid immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside of the body, but the immoral person sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? You've been purchased at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. That is the word of the Lord, and it helps us understand the sixth commandment. The sixth commandment, you shall not commit adultery. And even before you marry the person, I tell teenagers, even before you marry the person, you have to keep that vow. You have to be faithful before you even have met them and follow all those beautiful teachings that that children are to be created within marriage, within uh, the act of love between a man and a woman. And when we try to separate the love-giving and life-giving powers of that act, all sorts of consequences will happen. We lose the love, we lose the life. When we look at all the, the horrible sins against the Sixth Commandment, and even the Fifth Commandment when we count abortion. So, know that God always speaks in our best interest. He always teaches us in our best interest. And actually, the Ten Commandments are laws for happiness as we proved in that first study that couples that are that do have children that get married and have children are happier than those that do not have children okay it's a challenging road but it's the best one so god knows what he's doing let us follow him if you need some help understanding that or struggling with some of those uh sixth commandment or fifth commandment um issues give me a call i'll help you with that This is the time for you to call with your question or personal problem. What's disturbing your peace? What relationships in your life, whether it's with God or with other people, are problems for you? Where are you not being the loving person that you need to be? Give me a call. The number is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. This is Colleen Kelly-Mast. You're listening to Catholic Radio. This show is called Mast Appeal. Stay tuned for the next two hours for some free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. Talk to you soon. For a gift that truly stands out for someone in your professional network, send a premium gift basket from Colasanti's Market in Highland. Fully customizable options include Ghirardelli chocolate, premium wine, in-house smoked sausage and jerky, artisanal cheeses, locally made jams, or a dessert from Colasanti's Bakery. Visit Colasanti's.com. That's C-O-L-A-S-A-N-T-I-S.com. Or call 248-887-3205. The Heart of the Interior Life with Elizabeth Jingle. In the fifth rule of St. Ignatius of Loyola's 14 Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, St. Ignatius teaches that when we are experiencing spiritual consolation, the Good Spirit guides and counsels us more. When we are experiencing spiritual desolation, it is the Bad Spirit that guides and counsels us more. And as St. Ignatius teaches, we cannot find the way to the right decision. 
Father Timothy Gallagher writes, The time of spiritual consolation is thus the time to accept the work of God, to be open, to listen, to receive the thoughts and inspirations arising from the consolation itself. Father Gallagher continues, The thoughts that arise out of spiritual desolation, the guidance and counsel of the bad spirit we then receive, if followed, will always lead to spiritual diminishment. How has the good spirit been guiding your heart today? For more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. Light of the East, weekends on Ave Maria Radio. I am Father Thomas Loya. This week on Ave Maria, as though being born and laid in a manger in Bethlehem was not humbling enough, our Lord chose to lower himself in the lowest spot on the earth's surface, the River Jordan. There he would be baptized for our sake and God as Trinity would be revealed. Now on Ave Maria Radio's newest FM stations, 105.5 FM in Southfield and 107.9 FM in Ann Arbor. Welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mast, your hostess every Saturday morning. My background is in family life education. I came from a large family. I was second oldest of nine children, so I hardly had to take any courses in family life education because I had this every day. I was changing diapers by the time I could probably... Um, sit up and get the baby down and uh, have been helping around the house and watching all that family interaction with all of our different personalities from a large family and then I grew up to have five children and they are all growing up and having their own children as well so I understand the struggles of family life. My dad came from a large family and we have lots of cousins and so between my cousins, my kids, our friends, we've probably had some of those same problems that you've had too. And after 24 years here on Catholic Radio, um, I've gathered a lot of wisdom from the Holy Spirit um, through his wonderful gift that uh, can maybe help you today. So give me a call with your question or personal problem. If it's not bad enough, uh, mental illness to go to a shrink, and it's uh, it's something you don't want to share with your neighbor or friend, give me a call. Figure out, well, what am I going to do next about this situation? The number is 877 Pep Talk, free life coaching here for two hours. Okay, uh, Philip from Windsor, Ontario, listening on Sirius XM. Welcome to the show, Philip. How can I help you today? Hello, Hello, Colleen. Happy New Year to you and Melissa. Oh, thank Um, you, Philip. The the question I have for you um, is why... See, I'm totally blind. So when I go to Mass, I don't understand why they break the Eucharist before the priest sings Anustay. Why, Why do they do that? Boy, 
I don't know the answer to that. Why they break it before Agnes Day? Oh, because it's that very large host that the priest wants to consume. So that is part of the breaking of the bread. Um, so the breaking of the bread, Jesus broke the bread, in, is a scriptural. Jesus broke the bread, gave it to his disciples. And so it's part of scripture. It's responding to what Jesus did. But why they do it before the Agnes Day is probably um, uh, some, uh, some liturgical reason to help us understand that first Jesus breaks the bread to give to us and then we say Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world have mercy on us so we it's to me it, and this is not a, a theological interpretation it's just a personal interpretation that he breaks the bread he's ready to give it to us and we pause and say whoa I'm not worthy and so before I receive this I want to pause connect myself to God again in case my mind was wandering around and realize the uh, uh, immensity of the holiness of what I'm about to receive. And so it, it and just my interpretation just is probably a pause before we receive him to say, okay, this is not just a routine thing. Uh, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. So we're asking God to forgive our venial sins. Of course, mortal sins need to be confessed. Uh, to forgive our venial sins, um, to have mercy on us right before we receive him. So that's what my interpretation might be. I hope that helps you, Philip. And, uh, and if you can't see it going on and do you hear it how do you know he's breaking the bread when you're if you're blind and you're listening to it on the the radio how do you know that what he's doing i can hear him breaking the bread going oh my goodness how beautiful so your hearing must be very very good because a lot yeah, of because when you're yeah. She said, I'm totally blind. And, you know, and I've always loved the way they do Mass. And I, I, I love the way you do your show. And I appreciate you and Melissa very much. Okay. Thank you so much for those kind words, Philip. And thanks for your question. I hope that helps you You're understand welcome. it. God bless. God bless you, too. And we all need to appreciate different parts of the Mass. So thanks for calling, Philip. And actually, even if we're not blind physically, sometimes we're spiritually blind. Sometimes we're mentally blind. Sometimes we're not all there. Being so aware of what is going on during the Mass. And maybe Philip just reminded us that we need to be aware of every word, every action, the meaning behind things, and really, I would say, get into the Mass. Really concentrate. Um, really use all your mind, all your heart, all your strength. If we're one of, This is our one hour a week where we truly are showing God that we want to worship Him and Him alone. And He asks us to, to come worship Him on Sunday and, and to use Sunday as a holy day. But to, to totally concentrate during the Mass at, as to what is going on and not be daydreaming. Let's try that this weekend and every weekend. That would be a good New Year's resolution this year. So thanks so much, Philip, for that reminder. Let us participate in every word, every action, every thought should be on God during Mass. Let's try to concentrate better and, uh, and really take in all the graces and the beauty of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. For those of us in the U.S., we know that this is part of the three-year renewal of Eucharistic Revival. And this is the parish month. Our parish is doing 
doing several things. We had a Bible study by Mitch, Father Mitch Pacwa, and, uh, and now they're having articles in the bulletin that, uh, that help us understand and appreciate the Eucharist and, of course, receiving the Eucharist. All right, you give us a call, too, with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's show is 877 877- 573-7825-877-5-PEP-TALK. We're going to start a big question here with Nick from South Carolina. It might, the music might start playing while we're chatting, so I know we'll carry it over. But Nick, let's get started. This is an important question, so go ahead. I know our listeners will want to hear this. Nick from South Carolina, you're on the air right now. Uh, Well, good morning, Colleen. Thank you so much for what you and Melissa do. I love your show. Um, Thank you. Thank you, God, for this beautiful morning and and for us to be able to discuss this. Um, So here's the the, the, the topic, Colleen. So, number one, a little background. I was raised Catholic up north, but I transplanted about 15 years ago, and I love it here down south. And I, I do love the different dynamics by which they teach their way through the Bible in the south. And yet there's things about the Catholic Mass up north that I missed too. Um, so now that I'm down here, I'd love to be able to get your uh, Catholic perspective on this topic because there's, there's definitely a contrast. Up north, we, we sort of teach the, the concept of forgive and forget. And yet down here in the south, I notice that they, they teach it more as forgive and do not forget. And so before we dig into this, I, I don't want to suggest that one way is right or wrong. I think that both ways can be right but yet both ways can kind of have pitfalls. So with that said, I was curious to hear your perspective on forgive and forget or forgive and do not forget. Okay. All right. Well, forgive and forget is nothing scriptural. It's just a cultural saying. So starting there, um, that should help us at least keep it into perspective. You're right. That is, there's not a right or wrong. But it it has to do with us understanding what forgiveness truly is and what human nature truly is. So we're taught to forgive by Jesus Christ. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. We're taught over and over that forgiveness is an important but difficult uh, quality to have, that we are to forgive one another as God forgives us. We pray in the, our Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Oh, I used to hate that line until I would pray and pray and realize I need to be more forgiving. So what do we do about this? Forgive and forget. And when we forgive, do we have to forget? Good question, Nick. And as I suspected, the music started playing, so we're going to hang this over during the break. Stay tuned. We'll chat a little bit more about Nick's from South Carolina's question about do we forgive and forget or forgive and not forget. This is Colleen Kelly Mass on Mass Appeal with free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. Give us a call, 877-573-7825. Food for the Journey, Sister Ann Shield. You know, we would avoid a lot of difficult arguments just spouting off at the mouth, as we sometimes say. Just ask the Lord, give me the words to say. Maybe I'm rightfully angry, but if I just shout and yell and scream, what good is that going to be? Brothers and sisters, God can give us much more control over our anger, over our fear, over our language. And so whenever you're in a tight spot, just stop for a moment and say, Lord, what would you have me do here? God is good. I don't mean he's going to say words 
will come down from heaven. But if you pause just for a moment, you'll get hold of yourself and you may well get a thought that you didn't have before. And sometimes it's just quiet, but it's enough to bring down the steam. And then you think what is really right to say here. You might be justifiably angry. How do we respect the other person while we're correcting them? Please, brothers and sisters, let us open our hearts to God in those moments. Sister Ann Shields gives you food for the journey, weekday mornings at 645 and again at 1130 on 990 Ave Maria Radio. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective in the next uh, hour and a half now by calling this toll-free number, 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. Um, we are talking to, whoops, the name, okay, Nick. We're talking to Nick here from South Carolina about forgiving and forgetting. Are you still here, Nick? Oh, yes, I am. Okay, all right, here we go. All right, so Nick said, do we forgive and forget? And he said he finds a difference from living in the South, South Carolina, than living up North, um, or do we forgive and not forget? And so let me try to interpret that, and uh, it might not just be a cultural difference, it might be a temperamental difference as well. So um, people who took that saying, as I said, it was not out of the Bible, forgive and forget, are probably of one temperament. I would suspect they are either sanguine or phlegmatic, a very easy going of the four temperaments, that they think that things roll off of them very easily and naturally. They move on easily. And I, it can't be somebody who made up that saying who's choleric or melancholic because they don't forget things very easily. And in my work with life coaching and helping people um, find peace, um, if they've been offended and need to forgive someone, there's a process, and it really depends on what your temperament might be. So to forgive and forget, this is what Jesus asks us to do. God wants us to forget the resentment, to forget the anger, to forget the emotion of the hurt by taking it to him for healing. So when we are offended and we need to forgive to someone, we have to realize that, if, especially if we have one of those unforgiving temperaments, that this is not natural for us that forgiveness is supernatural for us, that we need the help of God, which is supernatural, to heal that resentment, that anger, that emotion that was attached to the hurt, 
You know what I mean? Because every time we, we remember that we were hurt, that emotion surfaces again. So it's that resentment, that anger, that emotion that we are asking Jesus Christ to heal. We put that on the cross with him because he hurt more than we did. He was not only embarrassed and shamed and spit upon and scourged and murdered on the cross, and he took the pain of all that for us because he doesn't want us to carry that around. So we look to this forgive and forget as to forgetting the resentment, the anger, the desire to take revenge, we leave that to Christ, that he will see that all justice is done, and that's not our responsibility. And so what we want to not forget, and the forgive and not forget, is, Lord, what can I learn from this? I will forgive, and I will ask you to heal that resentment and anger and emotion, but Lord, what can I learn from this incident? And that's what we don't want to forget. How can I love? And what we want to learn then from those situations when it's hard to forgive and forget is that our forgiveness is supernatural. It's a magnanimous love, like the love of God for us. And this is our way of acquiring sanctity because we raise our capacity to love from being a human, kind of want to take revenge, wish wish everything was justice as I see it here on earth, to turn this over to our Lord. Who knows what true justice is? Who knows what true mercy is? So it's us following Jesus Christ and forgiving and forgetting that emotion, forgetting the resentment, forgetting the angry anger, but not forgetting that Jesus Christ has died for all of our sins, not forgetting that we can forgive like he does with the supernatural graces that he gives us, and we cannot forgive that we forget that we can learn from this incident, and what, what we learn the most is how to be magnanimous in our capacity to love, so we grow in our capacity to love by forgiving others. How's that, Nick? Probably what you didn't expect, huh? A little bit more. <laughs> no, I, I, I really, I love how you tied a bow on it and really built a, a bridge between both. So, so I, I'll let me let me peel the onion back one more layer. <laughs> okay. You already touched on it, but if, for the sake of the audience, what a beautiful discussion. So, wh- what I find is the people that, wherever they may be. The people that are unforgiving by nature, as you put it, right? Mm-hmm, right. They understand forgiveness, but when they have a tendency to not forget the offense, that's where I think there's a dangerous pitfall of, like, hanging on to that resentment. And I think you touched on it. Scripturally, I, I believe certain versions of the Bible say, forget the offense or overlook the offense. And so I think that's where the origin of forgive and forget kind of comes from and yet Mm -hmm. I realize people go well but if I don't forget this person did this to me I could make myself vulnerable and get hurt again and again I I understand the mentality and I'll volunteer to you that as a younger man I was the unforgiving type but let me tell you God humbled me a lot because he he brought me back from the dead I had a heart attack three years ago the the day after Christmas I had a a widow maker heart attack and I was dead for 33 minutes right on my kitchen floor and with my my wife and daughter and neighbors and eight EMS and fire literally crying over my body and the last three years has been a real uh, long process of finally maturing enough that I could embrace forgiveness. And you hit a note with me when you said, 
you as a younger woman, when you'd read the Our Father, it would make you crazy. What do you mean? Like, no, forgive us our trespasses. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would always say, forgive me better than I forgive others. <laughs> right. But isn't that the fleshly nature of us as humans, right? And how beautiful, how glorious to God that we could sit here and and be light and, and lighthearted, but discuss this really serious topic because I can tell you that I'm a work in progress. I'm, I'm super thankful. I'm so thankful to be here. Um, God has given me mercies far beyond anything I've ever dreamed of, and I know he's got great things in store for all of us, but um, mm. all I can say is thank you for your beautiful answer. It, it really, I hope a lot of people heard this this morning, regardless of what side of the discussion they started on because I think we could agree that it doesn't matter what side at the end of the day if we follow God's word uh, that he is good and that he wants us to heal and he wants us to as, forget that offense and not have that resentment to put it on his table um, right because that resentment will us. be right the resentment will hurt us we carry that around, and it's like an emotional cancer to us. So you're absolutely right. So I'm so glad you appreciated hearing that. And if people want to hear that answer again, because it truly was from the Holy Spirit, the way he puts words together sometimes for me, you can go to the producer of the show, AveMariaRadio.net, and go to the archives on this particular date, January 13, 2024, and you can hear that answer again on forgiveness. So thank you so much, Nick, for the question that allowed the Holy Spirit to work through me and respond in a way with whatever experience and education I have that enlightens you and me and all of our listeners. So God bless you, Nick, and keep keep forgiving. Keep forgiving and letting God's love and mercy pour through you. Amen. God bless you too, Colleen, and thank you, Jesus, Holy Holy Spirit, and Lord Father. What a beautiful day. Amen. God bless you. This is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal. Give us a call with your question or personal problem. The number is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. And we'll be back with your question in just a moment. It's been nine presidential elections that I've been on the air, and I've been watching Christians engage the culture around us. And almost every campaign year, candidates urge us to take back America. This is about as tired a phrase as you can find. And yet, with each election, the command to take back America reappears. We seem to think that America's problem that we have to correct is go back to a different idea of the budget or a different foreign policy or new regulatory reform. I'd argue that America's biggest problem is this act of idolatry that has allowed us to turn the emphasis on ordered liberty into a preoccupation with personal and individual autonomy. I'd go further and say that any attempt to take back America or make America great again that does not attack the idolatry of individual autonomy is doomed to failure. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and the Ave Maria Radio app. It's time for Family Man with Dr. Gregory Popchek. Good family discussions don't just happen. They take time. Family talk rituals help families be intentional about making real conversations happen. You need to be intentional if you want to get past exchanges like, What would you do in school today? Nothing. 
Believe it or not, when the relationship between parents and kids is healthy, kids naturally want to open up to mom and dad. Kids want to know that their parents care enough to take time to listen and to understand how they're feeling and what they're going through. When parents make time to listen first, kids are more likely to willingly receive what mom and dad have to say. That's why family talk rituals are an important part of Catholic family life. To discover more ways your family can celebrate the liturgy of domestic church life, check out the newest editions of Parenting with Grace and visit CatholicCounselors.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, but you can call me Family Man. To discover more ways faith can enrich your life, visit CatholicCounselors.com. Welcome to Mast Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. Give me a call with your question or personal problem as you're trying to live out your faith, figure out your faith, be forgiven, forgive, practice all of those beautiful virtues that Jesus Christ calls us to by his example and by his word. I'm excited about this psalm again coming up Sunday. Those of you that prepare for the Sunday readings and read ahead, well, you know that I love most of the psalms. And uh, the one that sometimes is scary for us, Psalm 40, that we're going to pray this weekend. Here am I, Lord. I come to do your will. I have waited, waited for the Lord, and he stooped toward me and heard my cry. And he put a new song into my mouth and a hymn to our God. And our last caller, Nick, got a whole new life after his Widowmaker, and he's back. And some of you that know my story know that I was almost dead 31, 32 years ago now with a toxic pregnancy. And um, was my body systems were shutting down, and I was uh, I delivered a 26 week very sick 26 week gestation premature baby, and uh, have come back to life since then. I was. Um, on my way to death, probably 40 years older in my body uh, than I actually was chronologically, and now I'm, God's youthening me. So I waited, waited for the Lord. He stooped toward me and heard my cry, and he put a new song into my mouth, a hymn to my God. How many of us experience that beautiful gift from God? Sacrifice or offering you wished not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Holocaust or sin offerings you sought not, and then said I, Behold, I come. In the written scroll, it is prescribed for me to do your will, O God, is my delight. And your law is written within my heart. I announce your justice in the vast assembly. I did not restrain my lips, as you know, O Lord, no. Okay, let us praise God. He comes to our rescue. He teaches us. He loves us. Sometimes we learn lessons from bad things that happen, and he's redeemed all things and made them new. Give us a call with your question or personal problem. If you're struggling with figuring out how can he make this new, <laughs> maybe I can help you with that. 877-573-7825. 877 pep talk This is Colleen Kelly-Mast, life coach, author, teacher, mother, wife. Next caller is MJ from Iowa, listening on Spirit Radio. And I actually am going to be going out there for your 25th anniversary. I'm one of the keynote speakers. I know you're having several parties to celebrate your anniversary there. And uh, I've got um, some, uh, I'm going to be giving a talk out there. I think it's in April. So welcome to the show, MJ from Iowa, listening on Spirit Radio. You're on the air now. What's your question? 
It's a concern. I know last presidential election, I got sucked into the extreme anger and craziness that came around and emerged into everyone's soul, I think. And this year, the presidential election, being in Iowa, of course, we're doing our caucus this week. And I understood the last election, the Carthusian pledge of Stat Crooks, Doom Volvator Orbis. But I, and I had it tattooed on my arm so I would remember, but I still have trouble remembering. Mm -hmm. But the world just turns and the God, Christ never changes. Right. I just... I just worry about how ugly it could actually get this year, given how much corruption and weaponization is happening in our federal government. And I just, I'm not afraid. I'm glad I'm old. (laughs) Glad you'll be out of here soon. (laughs) You've got less than 100 years to put up with it, right? (laughs) Okay, well, you're absolutely right. And people who are Catholic and want the world to be loving as Jesus Christ. All of us Christians, we are here. We are baptized here to share the good news and to change our culture. People still got confused at Vatican II when they thought that we were supposed to um, secularize the church. And and really the message was the opposite. We're supposed to sanctify the world. The lay people are here to sanctify the world in whatever opportunities God gives us in our lives. And... There are many, many good Christians that are trying, and there are many that just don't get it at all. They've sold their souls in a way, and they are doing things and making policies that are so harmful to life, to love, um, to the family. And we see this corruption of the family here for the last few decades, and now these forms of corruption have become policy. And even when you say that and remind us of that, sometimes I just feel like I want to puke, you know, I just... My throat just kind of swells up, and I think, oh, Lord, how are you going to fix this? And, and and I'm sure that Mary and John and Mary at the bottom of the cross thought that same thing. They looked up at Jesus hanging on the cross and thought, this doesn't look good. How are you going to fix this? <laughs> this looks like we lost. The apostles were gone. Peter denied him. It looked really bad there at the bottom of the cross. It looked like, can this be true? But Mary in her heart, our Blessed Mother Mary that's close to us, she's our spiritual mother, she knew in her heart that Jesus Christ was the Savior. And all things, he just had told her, I'll make all things new. And that somehow this was going to turn out fine and better than it was at that moment and that it had been before. And Jesus does give us that promise. And so a lot of us as Christians that are taking our duty to vote seriously and our obligation to transform our culture seriously, we look at this and say, Lord, how are you going to make good of this? And it reminds me even of the time of Noah when things were really going bad, or the time of Sodom and Gomorrah, if those of you that are familiar with those old Bible stories, the world had been so corrupt, and God just kind of wiped it out. He took care of that. And so when we look historically at how long it took Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, and they're wandering and wandering, and we look at what he did with Noah, 
and he, we look at how things, how bad things were with Job. We look at the Sodom and Gomorrah that was absolutely re, um, destroyed, but Lot and his wife, whoops, nope, not his wife, she turned back. <laughs> Lot <laughs> was saved from that. And we have to really cling to our faith and yet do what we're asked to do. Like Noah had to build an ark. He couldn't just hide um, he had to build the ark, so we had to obey, as our, our psalm this weekend on Sunday's Mass tells us, you know, obedience, um, that, that we, uh, obedience to God is within our heart, ears open to obedience he gave us. So we have to obey God in this circumstance. So how do we translate that right now into this particular election? So first of all, being concerned is a good thing. That says you have a spirit of justice. That says you know right from wrong. So that's good. I'm glad you're concerned. But we can't let that take over the love of God in our hearts. So one practice, just personally, you might want to practice more frequently what the saints did, and that is to practice the presence of God. So take those moments when you're reflecting on the morning gospel or praying your rosary. Really get into those mysteries of the rosary. Put your whole mind, heart, soul, imagination, um, and memory into those mysteries and put yourself in that mystery and glorify through your daily rosary glorify in your morning mass glorify God in your morning prayer so that you can practice and call at will his presence in your heart and then you can be filled with his love as we look at the corruption um, the unfairness the potential of difficulty or cheating and the, the policies that are horrible and that are killing and we look at that and say Lord we know you rose from the dead we know that we are a resurrection people we know that you can bring good out of this even if you have to destroy our country with some meteorite or whatever <laughs> whatever scientifically could happen because um, he promised he would never send the flood again so we place our hope and trust in God number one And number two, we do whatever we can do that he tells us to do that's within our power, whether it's write letters, whether it's become to become a a voting judge. You know, so listen carefully to what God has called us because you are here for a reason and he placed this on your heart for a reason. So utilize those talents that he's given you and those uh, lights that he's given you in your mind to make good what uh, any way that you can with this election but don't let the problems of this election and this country steal your joy stay full of the presence of our lord jesus christ let him fill your heart with his love time for break now that gives you some inspiration to work on mj we'll be back with more of mass appeal right after this message what is heaven where is it how do we get there almost from the moment we arrive on earth we wonder where we're going when we leave it According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, heaven is where we are in society with the life and love of the Holy Trinity, the Virgin Mary, the angels, and all the blessed. Heaven is the ultimate end and fulfillment of the deepest human longings, the state of supreme, definitive happiness. Being in heaven, says the Catechism, is to be with Christ. The elect, the Catechism states, live in Christ, yet they retain their own name, finding their true identity. How do we get to heaven? The Catechism lays out the route. We are baptized in the faith, and then we must live it, so that we die in God's grace and friendship. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. You're listening to Ave Maria Radio. Ave Maria Radio. 
husband is a total crack-up. He really does make me laugh. He has that sense of humor where you don't know if he's serious or not. I've witnessed many people duped by his commentary, thinking that what he was saying was true. In reality, he was just joking around. He's often very quick-witted. His humor often includes a movie line or lyrics from a song. He has this ability to be in tune with others. I'm convinced we all need to laugh more. However, we must be careful not to engage in humor that is degrading or insulting to others. Life itself can be funny, and sometimes we just have to laugh at ourselves, but never at the expense of others in a hurtful way. I sometimes think if I don't laugh at the insanity in this world, I'll end up crying. Humor can be healthy and healing. Just make sure that when you're cracking that joke, that if you saw Jesus standing right next to you, he'd be laughing too. This has been a Christ Center communication message. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo, a communications evangelist and host of Epiphany. And welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective, even if I have to call you out on something. I'll say it very nicely. I remember some instances when I had to do that very carefully. So give me a call with your question or personal problem as you're trying to live out your faith in today's should I say corrupt world, as MJ put it from our last caller, um, give us a call, 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. This is Colleen Kelly Mast, life coach, author, speaker, here to help you. And give us a call. Your calls drive the show. We've got another whole hour here, so call now and get ready, lined up for our next hour. For now, we've got oh, about four minutes left, and I think we can help Carol from South Carolina next. Carol, you're on the air now. What is your question, Carol? How can I help you? Hi, Colleen. I have a question about gossip in my workplace. I have a coworker that I sit next to who gossips constantly, and she's also the manager of the department. Mm. So I don't know what to do. I don't want to, you know, tell her, oh, stop, and, and then yeah. she. I, yeah. I don't know how to tell because. Um, yeah, it's 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 very um, disheartening for me. I don't know how to get away from it. I don't want to confirm it. I don't want to validate it with her, mm-hmm. but I don't want to ignore her because then she'll say, "Why aren't you talking to me? Why aren't you?" Mm. You know, so it's so. I just um, yeah, it, it it's 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 very hard. I want to do the yeah. right thing. I don't want to yeah. talk about. Um, she specifically targets different people, and there's one girl who's very. Uh, needy in the office and has health problems and so on and so forth and, and possibly mental uh, uh, emotional oh problems mm-hmm. and she's targeting her and I'm and I just 
I don't want any part of it, but I don't want to lose my job. Either. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. That is a dilemma, Carol. It kind of goes after people, so I don't know. Mm. I don't know how to handle it. Okay, Just wow. asking your advice. Okay, I love questions like this. I, I help people with this a lot in, in life coaching, how to handle a, a certain relationship in their life. And so the um, so I'm going to make a suggestion. Yeah, gossip at work, you know you want to defer the conversation, change the conversation. <clears throat> You're right. You don't want to lose your job if this is your manager. Excuse me. So I'm going to give you a tip of what to do, and I'm going to ask you if you could approach her privately and tell her that you're trying to work on something new for the new year. Just say, you know, all of us struggle to with certain problems and issues in our lives and, and say, I'm struggling to live the Eighth Commandment right now, and I'm working on that for New Year's. And the Eighth Commandment asks us not to harm other people's reputation, not to gossip, not to talk about other people. So I'm wondering if you would help me. So you're asking her for her help. Just say, I know that, you know, you are the manager and you have a tendency to want to share other people's problems with me. But I, be, but this kind of draws me into thinking less of them or talking about them. And that's something I don't want to do. And so I know that that's, you know, it, it, maybe it's helpful for you to share that as the manager. But I want to do the right thing and not participate in those conversations that are about other people or putting other people down. And then say, what I do want to do is try to be loving and merciful even to those people that have flaws. And so, you know, up to now, it's been fine now that I know some of the struggles that you're having as the manager and some of the struggles these people are having. And what I'm trying to do this new year is to be kind and merciful to people even that I don't understand, don't appreciate, or even don't like or have problems. So I'm wondering if you could help me out with that, or maybe even want to join me in being kind and merciful, at least starting in our thoughts and seeing how we can help these people rather than criticize them. So I hope you understand my New Year's resolution. I hope you understand what I'm trying to work on to be kind and merciful and not talk about people behind their backs. So can you accept that, that that's my New Year's resolution and can help me, help me out in that and maybe you could join me if you want, but, but I'd prefer not to participate in uh, badgering or bad-mouthing these other people because I'm just trying to love them, help them in any way I can as a coworker and be merciful. But I understand completely that your role as manager is trying to figure out what to do with them. So if you could just share that information with someone else or maybe work it out in a way that doesn't involve me because I would put that in the category of gossip and I'm trying to avoid that this year. Okay, Carol? You got the words to use there. Okay. Okay. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Again, if you want to hear that again, go to AveMariaRadio.net and go to the archives and hear this show again because we all want to stop that gossip and slander and detraction that Ever thought you'd make a bugle by trading in or selling your used vehicle only to find out it's worth a dinner for two? Well, it's much more valuable to donate your vehicle to Ave Maria Radio. Thousands of Americans donate their vehicle each year. The donation to Ave Maria is easy, tax-deductible, and supports our efforts to evangelize. A year from now, will you remember that dinner or your gracious and selfless donation? Go to AveMariaRadio.net to find out more. That's AveMariaRadio.net. 
This is Life News Radio. I'm Jim Anderson, former Planned Parenthood manager, now a pro-life activist. Abby Johnson says, Every day, girls as young as 13 are taken from school without parental knowledge for abortions, even out of state. New undercover video shows how easily adults can aid or coerce, assist, or arrange abortions, even to avoid abortion bans or parental awareness. On the other side of the equation, pro-life pregnancy support centers are performing heroic work. The Charlotte Lozier Institute surveyed well over 2,500 such centers in all 50 states, and their report is encouraging. In the year row was overturned, over 16 million client visits and nearly a million new clients reported a 97% positive rating. This is Life News Radio. We must have an end to abortion and an end to the toxic watershed of ideas behind its causes. We hope you pray for an end to abortion daily. If the problem were simple, we could have a simple answer. But abortion is rooted in a long, tangled web of lies about human life and the dignity of the human person. Pray daily for a culture of life. During next week's March for Life, the American Life League is rolling out a charity watch list online tool. The goal is to make clear which mainstream nonprofits support abortion and those groups that can be safely supported in view of the life issue. And Catholic Vote says conscience rights initiated by President Trump are being eliminated in new HHS rules released this week. Tom McCluskey says strong pro-life opposition avoided a return to full-on Obama-era proposals, but vague enforcement protections may leave pro-life doctors' conscience rights unprotected. For pro-life headlines delivered to your email address daily, sign up at lifenews.com. This has been Life News Radio. Weekdays at 10 a.m., there's more to life. Team up. Feel like your family is off its game? Not getting along or working together the ways you'd like? We'll help your family be a better team. Weekdays at 10 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. 990 WDEO, Ypsilanti, Detroit, W300CO Dexter, an Ave Maria Radio station, and on the net at AveMariaRadio.net. Appeal. Actually, it's our second hour of Mass Appeal here, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective and some joy through things that you cannot understand. How could I be joyful through my son's wake? How could I be joyful when my mom died during COVID? How could I be joyful when my husband's in the hospital three or four times a year? How can we be joyful in these situations that God sends us in life? It's because of the joy of the resurrection, that we know that God is in charge, that he loves us very much. He'll send us everything that we need. He provides for all of our needs, and we can live in his love, abide in him. That's how we can be joyful when we face difficult circumstances of life. I know that during my son's wake, I just kept singing that song from the High God album called 
um, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I just kept singing, singing it in my head over and over. Those of you that are, um, have been listening for a long time know that in uh, 2005, my oldest son had, um, was taking a nap. We had no idea he was sick. He was taking a nap because he was tired. He had a massive heart attack and died instantly. His wife, who was a a cardiovascular intensive care nurse at Northwestern University Hospital, was on the couch nursing their one-month-old baby, their first child. And, And it was devastating to all of us, and we were so shocked. But the joy of the Lord got me through that. The joy of the Lord was my strength. And so know that how can we be joyful? It's because of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and because of his love for us that he's revealed to us throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, through his life, death, and the resurrection. So sometimes we have to live that Paschal mystery. We have to die to rise. We have to die to ourselves sometimes, as we um, spoke about um, with one of our callers earlier, like Nick, had a second life. He had to forgive and forget. And so give us a call with your question or personal problem as you're trying to live out your faith even struggling to live out your faith figure out what am i here for what am i going to do next in my life how am i going to respond to the circumstances that are here can i respond with love with patience with goodness with honesty or am i going to as my daughter would say get bitter she always says bitter or better how do you want to be the number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825 pep talk to rebuild some of those relationships in your life whether it's with god or others so i'm a life coach an author a speaker a parent i I have a master's degree in health education, teaching certificates in health science, physical education, and theology. The author of Love and Life, Sex Respect. I've debated the ACLU, Planned Parenthood, and Seekers Defending the Dignity of Love in the Human Person on television and radio, in my writing and my speaking. So I'm here. As tomorrow's psalm says, I announced your justice in the vast assembly. I did not restrain my lips as you, O Lord, know. And speaking of restraining your lips, I wanted to respond a little bit more to Carol, our our question last hour, and a little bit more to what I started out with the first hour, because I have a letter from someone I think will interest a lot of you who have a young adult child uh, cohabiting, um, and you might want to share that with them or listen to the archives as well. But I pulled up over the break um, a handout that I gave when I gave a lot of spiritual spa retreats for ladies throughout the country, and a lot of them at my own parish and locally here, too, in Illinois. So I have a a daily tongue evaluation checklist, and I can give you for your ladies' group or come out and speak to your ladies' retreat. And so the uh, the question that, that Carol presented about gossip at work reminded me, as Catholics, that we are to hold our tongue in a lot of ways. So I have a set of questions on my daily tongue evaluation checklist to measure your progress in taming your tongue. So I'll see if I can get few of the, through a few of those, and I'll try to post it on my Facebook fan page. And... With the help of my granddaughter, if she's home this afternoon, I could call her. She's two hours away. And post it on my blog, on my website, respect, the number four, the letter U.com. Actually, I haven't said my website yet today, respect4u.com. So our tongue evaluation checklist is, there's 30 of them. I'll get through some of them. Did I engage in any form of lying? Did I flatter someone is number two. That's like a false um, compliment. Number three, did I manipulate someone for my gain or advantage with my words? Did I speak too hastily without thinking? Number five, did my words cause division? 
I bring that to my husband's attention sometimes. Was I argumentative or contentious? I do that sometimes. Um, Number seven, did I boast or speak with pride? Number eight, in my daily tongue evaluation checklist, did I engage in a self-put-down or did I slander someone else? Number 10, did I gossip? Number 11, did I meddle in anybody's affairs? 12, did I betray someone's trust? 13, did I belittle someone? And then when we spoke recently, uh, last hour with M, uh, with Carol, um, yeah, that maybe even that manager is betraying people's trust. Don't give her this list, Carol. That's not going to help. Um, just say what I told you to say. <laughs> this could be later. Okay, and let's see. Did I meddle in someone's affairs? Betray someone's trust? Did I belittle someone? Number 14, and this, um, sometimes spouses do that, sometimes siblings do that. Our family calls it the jab, belittling someone. That's the jab. We learned that from our parents, unfortunately. Number 14, was I cynical, scornful, or sarcastic? Oh, my goodness. Cranky old men, cranky old ladies, cynical, scornful, or sarcastic. That's number 14 in your daily tongue evaluation checklist. Number 15, did I speak as a know-it-all? Number 16, did I use harsh or abusive words? Number 17, did I fail to speak with tact or diplomacy? That's what we teach here sometimes when somebody says, how do I say this nicely? Number 18, did I attempt to intimidate people with my words? 19, was I rude? 20, was I critical or judgmental? 21, was I self-absorbed in my conversations? 21, did I use profanity? 20. No, 22, did I use profanity? 23, did I complain? 24, did I retaliate? retaliate? And the last six, did I accuse someone? Was I discouraging? Did I express doubt and unbelief? Did I simply talk too much? I've done that before. Was I indiscreet in my discussions? Okay, that was Carol's manager in our last call. Did I keep silent when I should have communicated? So that's the 30 parts points of your daily tongue evaluation checklist. I also have 30 points of things you should say, but I didn't pull that up right now. So that's part of the spiritual spa re- retreat. Or any kind of, uh, and actually I have one, uh, spiritual liposuction, when you try to remove those things that you shouldn't do and replace them with those good things. And that's the other 30 things of things you should use your tongue, uh, do, say, while you're using your tongue in a holy way. So daily questionnaire for using your tongue properly. And uh, in the, I think it's James. A letter from James in the New Testament talks about if we can control our tongues, we can control almost anything and lots of our sins. So if you need a copy of that and you can't go to my website or I don't get it posted on my Facebook fan page, you can always email me for the Daily Tongue Evaluation Checklist. And let's see, I've got one more thing I wanted to read to you, and it's about tomorrow's reading. It's a letter that is absolutely beautiful, and that's about for those of you that are considering cohabiting with someone or... Um, have a a child who is, this might be helpful to you. Because remember, tomorrow's second reading is, the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord. Don't you know that your bodies are members of Christ? Who's ever joined to the Lord becomes one with him, so avoid immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the immoral person sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? And you have that from God. 
you're not your own. You've been purchased with a price. You know what that price was. If you're listening to Catholic Radio regularly, the life of Jesus Christ, he came to do ransom for our sins. So in trusting in him and his goodness and his mercy, we want to do the right thing. So that was from uh, St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians in chapter 6. So here's the letter I got from a gal who was cohabiting. She says, feel free to share, dear Dr. Mass, feel free to share my story with other couples who are living together so they can also see how living apart can help their love grow. She said, and please never stop teaching sex respect. She says, my own parents divorced 15 years ago, so I was determined not to jump into a marriage, and that's why I moved in with Jim, so we could develop our relationship and get to know each other first. So I thought... And he said, our relationship went from beautiful to miserable in about four months. I was knocking myself out to please him, feeling insecure whenever the arrangement seemed at least bit shaky. And I was using sex in a way that was false to myself. Um, that was my, these actions were my way of reiterating, the relationship is still on. It was my way of saying, keep me, I'm good, even though the act itself wasn't always that good. And of reassuring myself, he still loves me, see? So what she said was, important questions were never settled. Such things as, what if I got offered a good job in another state? Or what if he decides to go back to school? Or the pill is making me depressed, should I stop taking it? And we just ended up in bed again without resolving it. That's what cohabitation does, actually. I got to the point where I felt like yelling, Sex, Max, I just want you to talk to me. (laughs) And so she said, After listening to your teachings on chastity, I thought it could possibly be better than the insecurity, misery, and emptiness I was getting from the live-in relationship I was in. She said, So I told Jim I wanted to move out and think things over. I wanted him to really see me and hear me as a person, something our sexual relationship made it hard for him to do. And that's so true, the difference between male and female and how they approach what we know to be the marriage act, but what people are doing outside of marriage against the Sixth Commandment. So um, it's harder for men to see that when they're receiving any physical or external pleasure that they desire. And this is, um, we know that this is in our nature. So she says, I wanted perspective and friendship so she said i must say that after the initial shock jim rose to the challenge we spent a whole year getting to know each other i love this line every way except horizontally (laughs) do you love it we must have logged in a thousand hours just talking and i knew i wasn't sliding into something through compliance or neediness and emotional fuzziness I was exercising real sexual intelligence. That gave me a new respect for myself and for my live-in boyfriend, Jim, that was now not living in. And she said, now we're going to get married. She said, it took a while, but now we know our love is real and we're committed to each other for life. Thank you, Jane. So that ties us in with the readings, a sex reading this weekend. Your body is not for immorality. And here, Jean and her boyfriend Jim learned it the hard way and then spent a year living apart to have clarity in their relationship. And now 
they do know that their love is real. And that's a doubt that a lot of people go into with a livid relationship. They live together. They're confused. We know that the hormones, oxytocin and vasopressin, um, create a bonding element that it's hard for your logic to override because you feel that close to that person. You gave your life to them. And this, your body was saying, I give my whole self to you forever. And your mind was saying, mm, I'm not sure it's forever. I'm just testing this out. So Jane and Jim uh, proved this. Those are fake names not the real names and uh, and this affirms what God tells us our bodies are not for immorality and we can't fool mother nature as my mom used to say so um, if you want a copy of that letter or my um, the tongue evaluation checklist you can listen again to the show at AveMariaRadio.net today's date and go to the archives of Mast Appeal and hear both of those again or hear the whole show if you want to and now it's time for you to give us a call with your question or personal problem the number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825 877-5-PEP-TALK this is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal We've got two Franks on the line. We'll be back with their calls and yours right after this message. This week on Christ is the Answer, Father John wants to tell us who Jesus really is. In the Synoptic Gospels, there's a famous story about Jesus and his disciples going into the district of Caesarea Philippi. After inquiring about what the people were saying about him, Jesus then turns to his followers and asks, But who do you say that I am? Join us this week as Father John helps us look introspectively into our hearts, as our Lord still asks this same question to each of us today. Tune in for Christ is the Answer, Monday through Fridays at 11 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. Fire on the earth, Peter Herbeck. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. And one of the things that he meant by that was the Christian people understand the larger story that's unfolding in history. So as St. Paul said, as the saints echoed very clearly, we're now living through just a, a short moment, a slight momentary affliction, he calls it, in this life, which is going to make way and lead us to an eternal glory beyond all compare. The secret to the fruitfulness and the strength of the apostles was that they lived with a clear vision of the future, an eternal perspective, fixed on the destiny of where their life was headed. And they lived with the realization that, wow, yeah, life is very short here. Everything is temporary. Nothing here in this world is ultimately going to last except the ultimate destinies, the eternal destinies of every human being that exists on the earth. And they knew that whether good things were coming their way or bad things from the world's perspective were coming away, nothing could steal from them, nothing could take away the gold that was in their heart, the treasure that they bore. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Peter Herbeck spreads fire on the earth weekday mornings at 6.30 and again at 11.45 on 990 Ave Maria Radio. Welcome back 
back to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. This is Colleen Kelly Mast. I'm a life coach, author of Love Ed, Love and Life, and Sex Respect. I'm a speaker, and you can learn more about my work at my website, Respect for the number four and the letter U. Respect the number four, the letter U dot com. If you need to call our respect office, the number there is eight seven seven six seven three seven seven three two. That's eight seven seven six respect. But that doesn't get you on the show today. The getting on the show today is the Ave Maria Studios at eight seven seven five Pep Talk. And to get my office you can find that number or just go to my website respect the number four, the letter U, dot com. And a reminder, something I announced last week, I'm going to be on EWTN television. January 24th and 25th, the week of the March for Life, and I'll be interviewed on At Home with Jim and Joy. I'm so excited about that, and I'll get to see all you guys. You'll get to see me, actually. And uh, so if you watch EWTN TV, tune in to At Home with Jim and Joy, wherever your cable or EWTN app takes you. And I will be talking about how to teach our children, grandchildren, godchildren, anybody in our life needs and nephews about respect for life and the powers to give life. I'll be talking about my Love Ed program. I'll probably mention my Love and Life program um, and, uh, and help you learn how we can pass on the good news about love and marriage and sexuality in a culture that is absolutely confused about it. So that's on EWC on television, January 24th and 25th, coming up in <laughs> 10 days. All right, I'll, uh, you'll see me then. I won't see you, but I'll know you're there. Okay, here we go. We are go to our phones here. People that dialed, 877-573-7825. Oh, Frank from Canada, thanks for calling in. You want to clarify something about our first caller, Philip, who is blind, and he hears the priest break the bread, and he wanted to know, like, why the Agnus Dei is at that point in the Mass before, why do we say the Lamb of God before, right before we receive? So, Frank from Canada, you want to help us out with that one? You're on the air now, Frank. Good morning, Kelly. Um, I'd be happy to clarify a bit. Okay. Um, so, the, the Agnus Dei, or Lamb of God, is actually meant to accompany the breaking of the bread, which is referred to as the fractioning rite. And I have had the privilege of singing at two Episcopal ordinations as I'm sure you've been to a few and you'll notice that the the um the host is very large and takes a long time to break yes. into many pieces. Mm-hmm. So usually you'll hear the the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world have mercy on us twice and then and then the grant us peace. But when there is a very long fractioning right, we will repeat um, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy on us as many times as is necessary to ah. complete the fractioning right, and mm. then the final response. Hmm. Okay, that's good to know, Frank. And that's, ac- 
you should be able to find that in the general instruction for the Roman Missal, which I have a copy of, but not handy, so I can't give you a reference. That's okay. We believe you, and none of us have a, many of us do not have a copy, just priests and deacons, I'm sure, and bishops. Um, so thank you so much for clarifying that for, but, the, that, for the fractioning right. But I would like to compliment Philip on his paying attention. Um, because I I wish many more people would pay that much attention at the Mass. Exactly, exactly. Thank you so much for clarifying that and uh, for the compliment, too, for Philip, for listening, because that's so so beautiful that someone who cannot see physically is listening so carefully and paying attention to everything in the Mass. And as I said after his call, we should all be paying that much attention. Let's try it this weekend. Let's try to pay attention every moment during the Mass, everything that's happening, everything that we see, hear, um, and really taste and take in all the graces of the Holy Mass. Thanks so much for the call, Frank. God bless you. (laughs) Bye-bye. You're very welcome. You too. Okay. All right. And uh, another Frank. I said we had two Franks on the air. And it's time for you to call, too. We've got lines open still. You can get on in the next 40 minutes, but call now. We'll line you up. The number is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. Frank from Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show. Frank is one of our new friends, a regular caller. Good to hear from you, Frank. What's your question today? Good morning, Colleen Kelly. Good morning. Um, we have two Franks, one from Canada and one from America. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> two Franks in a row. So I'm going to be very frank when I answer your question. Well, I'll I'll you. <laughs> I'm the Secretary of Defense of Manistapil, but, but I will call you when I can't make it in. <laughs> okay, go ahead. What's your question Come, today, Frank? Um, I missed mm-hmm. the first hour. I turned on at 10 o'clock. Um, I'm sorry about your son. I heard that before, but I didn't know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry. Um, but... When you were taught, I believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died to save our souls. I believe in heaven. I believe I'm going there. I believe I'm a good guy. But it doesn't help me. I'm the guy I talked to you back in early June, and Annette from Michigan. Hi, Annette, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of medical problems, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can barely see, can barely walk, mm-hmm. digestion problems, a lot of problems. I'm housebound. All those, even though I have a strong belief, it doesn't make me feel better. Right. That's what I was calling for for your insight. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's what you had told the call screener, that you still struggle with depression. Okay, there are some things you can do, and it is a difficult circumstance. And in the situation that you're in where uh, you are have so many um, physical issues, that uh, that you have to look to see what senses you have that can connect you to God. And one is... If you've got a good mind, Frank, you're a good thinker, and you can control your thoughts, even if you can't control your environment and get out much, you can't do any what they call forest bathing and get out and look, look at trees, but you can look at the sky out the window. But thinking about all the senses that you have that do work and your mind and in controlling your feelings with your mind and all the natural helps that are available for overcoming depression. And actually, I've probably mentioned these on the show before, and I just grabbed my list. There are ten different things that help us overcome depression. And the first one is movement. 
and I know that you have some physical disabilities, but whatever you can move, if you're doing physical therapy, stretches, even if you're doing exercises in bed, to move as much of your large muscles as you can to get your cardiovascular um, circulation moving, because when we get to do that, whether it's walking or dancing or even sitting in a wheelchair and moving your arms. I I worked at a a nursing home um, years ago for a summer job, and I did wheelchair exercises. So I know you can even get your heart rate up. So walking, dancing, um, you know, riding, you know, a bike, whether it's a stationary bike, all these things that get us moving help stimulate our heart rate and have mental health benefits. So um, studies have shown that if we increase our cardiovascular exercise for 30 minutes a day of moderate exercise, not so much that we're out of breath, that they, people see the best results in depression. Um, others are that people experience a lot during the winter is uh, light therapy because a lot of people get that seasonal affective disorder. And I know in Pennsylvania it, you're getting dark days there. I know we have a big snowstorm here in Illinois. But if the sun isn't coming out, sometimes there's a, a type of light, and I have got, gotten these for my husband too, that a light that will help us increase the production of serotonin. So they have lights, might be a sewing light, a desk lamp, something that is a light therapy. So that's just two of the ten. So Frank, um, you can um, hang up and listen after this break, and I'll, I'll finish some more of them. But you give us a call too. We'll have time for more calls after that. I'm Jack Crisula. Please join us on Wednesday, January 17th at 6.30 p.m. at St. John's Resort in Plymouth for the Rosary, followed by a speech by Father Leo Pedalinghug entitled Prophetic Compassion, How Christ Hears the Hungers of the Heart. Father is an award-winning chef, radio, and EWTN TV host. No registration is required. For more information, please email jack.crisula, K-R-A-S-U-L-A, at trustinus.com. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio weekdays at Ave Maria Radio. We listen to all kinds of things, as the Pope says. The radio, the TV, we listen to our phones, all kinds of other messages. But are we silencing ourselves enough that we may listen for God? The other thing we need to do is continue to educate ourselves on the faith. Are we listening to Catholic programming on a regular basis? Are we attending really good, healthy, faith-filled conferences to learn more from those who may be scripture scholars or apologists or maybe just a good talk from a spiritual leader or maybe watching a good video of a wonderful priest such as a Father John Ricardo or a Bishop Barron or someone else? So continue to, as Father John Harney used to say, educate, educate, educate yourself in the Catholic faith. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamia, weekday mornings from 8 to 10 on Ave Maria Radio and AveMariaRadio.net. On the next Epiphany. Love your neighbor as yourself. Vanessa Denhagarmo here. We have two guests. Steeped in education, Jacob Imam is the founder of the new College of St. Joseph, and Deborah Richardson Phillips has been named the new first female and African-American president of Loyola High School in Detroit. Tune in for her special Epiphany moment. Epiphany, weekdays at noon on Ave Maria Radio.
morning. Welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show with your question or personal problem is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. And we're not, we don't have a long wait right now. We've um, spoken to everybody who has called. So there are lines open waiting to hear from you. But I promised Frank I would finish some ideas on what can you do when you're, when you're, in a situation where you need to be homebound pretty much, things are difficult for you, you've got all these aches and pains and injuries, and how do we live the joy of the resurrection? How do we stay connected to God? I spoke earlier about practicing the presence of God, but again, physically, there's some things that we can do because God gave us a brain that we can change through our thoughts, through our actions, and we have those neuropathways in our brain that are, that have neuro plasticity so our brain doesn't have to keep going down that negative path that old memory path the um the the path of self-pity the path of difficulties the path of thinking about our problems we can with all of our senses uh, change how we think and how we respond to our circumstances of life and i know many of you have called in who have been in those circumstances and have beautiful wonderful attitudes of holiness and goodness and can live the joy of the resurrection and as um so i mentioned to frank first exercise is one of the natural remedies for depression um light therapy um whether it's a light box or a visor or uh, you know if you can't get outside to get more vitamin d you know a half an hour a day of good light or just Get you know opening the window and getting as much sunshine as you can to soak up the vitamin D. A healthy diet helps. Um, that diet is associated with our mood a lot. And uh, if we reduce our sugar intake, get enough of those B vitamins that we need. Because a lot of times research shows a a clear link be- between vitamin B deficiency and depression. Sometimes we aren't even processing our vitamins um, that we're getting what we need out of our food. Because as Frank said, sometimes people have digestion issues but vitamin B is important for our brains to produce dopamine and serotonin so we can all get that important vitamin B through like cheese or milk or dark green leafy vegetables if we aren't um, doing dairy products and um, another one is increasing our magnesium like talk to your natural doctor or your medical doctor they're starting to learn about nutrition now or maybe the naturopath at your health food store and uh, maybe like vitamin B you could get some magnesium that's necessary to produce serotonin and that's that happy hormone in your brain most people don't get enough magnesium but it's not hard to find you know know again through whole grains legumes nuts um uh, you know, there are a lot of things you can do. Just look it up. How do I increase my magnesium? That's a relaxing, calming hormone, especially for people with anxiety. And uh, limit your intake of uh, alcohol also. Um, people think, oh, that will help me forget my troubles and relax me. No, magnesium will help you more um, because it's been proven to actually increase anxiety and depression. That glass of wine, you think, relax you. depends on how your particular body responds to alcohol. But sometimes it just makes you sink. Some things that I do, well, another is meditate. Meditate on God's love. You know, God wants us to love him with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our strength. And as I mentioned earlier, when you pray 
say your daily rosary, just really use that St. Ignatius method of using all your senses, your imagination, your memory, your intuition, and put yourself in that scene and get lost in Jesus. Get lost in the scene of his life. And your rosary is something you'll look forward to because it's a form of meditation that has helped people for hundreds and hundreds of years. We don't have to go to yoga class or um, lose lose ourselves in ourselves as um, some of the Eastern religion do because we have beautiful opportunities to meditate on the, the life of our Lord in the rosary and other beautiful forms and maybe play Gregorian chant in the background while you're meditating and let God calm you and be with you. Another way that the science has proven um, natural remedies for depression is to get enough sleep. And I've through my life coaching clients have helped people with all of these different things. Another might be stretching, stretching your body to move different joints that you haven't moved before. Get more flexible, get more um, stable. If you can't do the cardiovascular exercises that I mentioned for number one, even that stretching keeps your lymph flowing, detoxifies you. So think of moving every muscle. If you're laying on the floor in the living room or you can't lay on the floor and you're laying in your bed, just start stretching every single muscle that you have. So number seven, of the ten ways to help overcome depression is, you know, maybe um, one of your natural doctors or your MD. My MD will allow this as well. We'll take like natural supplements or herbal memories. Remedies like, I don't know, ginseng, St. John's wort, lavender oils, uh, chamomile, um, the um, HTP, the SAME. You know, there are different uh, different ways that we can use our senses. And, and just smelling like the Garden of Eden is something that helps us. Fresh flowers or wonderful essential oils. Um, incense we use in the church. So think of all the senses that we can use, what we can see, hear, taste, to increase that serotonin level in our brain to overcome depression and even keeping a journal if you can write is a useful way Um, even therapists use that keeping a journal particularly a gratitude journal remember at Thanksgiving time we spoke about the science of gratitude and how that actually changes your brain it changes those neural pathways it increases your connection first to God and then to yourself and others number eight is spend time in nature And right now, spending time in nature is looking out the window at my dead apple tree with snow all over the ground. Um, But still, occasionally, every couple days or so, the sun comes out. So spending time in nature, it has a balm in it. You know, and and as I said, there's a new method called forest bathing that people use during the pandemic to get out in nature. And it helps us recalibrate our minds so we can stay in that moment of connection to God. And besides that... um, the, the forest bathing and other forms of nature. Those of you that are down south in Texas and California and Florida, you've got access to nature and views of mountains and you can hear the stream. So spend time in nature and connect to God and His awesome creation. And maybe other forms of alternative healing that you can use, you know, whether it's Gregorian chant. 
the humming of Gregorian chant actually can uplift people and, cha- and improve their blood pressure. You know, so Gregorian chant is another good one. You know, other kinds of sounds and meditations. Um, but if you have a, you know, a serious chemical depression in a way that you are, you know, thinking of self-harm, just make sure you call that helpline and get to your doctor and get some help. But those are lots of natural things that we can do. And that was in an article written by Dr. Karen Smith. She's a a social worker, and she has a number of ideas on there. 10 Natural Remedies for Depression by Dr. Karen Smith, LCSW. It was published December 2nd, uh, about a month ago. And uh, knowing when you really need to seek treatment or when there's something you can do that's in your own control. So that's our ideas. And thanks, Frank, for reminding us of that, too. When winter comes in, a lot of people, more than ever, need help with getting out of their depression. But we know that spiritually, we don't want to get wrapped up in our own self-pity. We want to get wrapped up in what God is doing for us and what we can do for Him and stay connected to His love and His mercy. We'll be back with more of Mass Appeal in just a moment. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Food for the Journey, Sister Anne Shield. You know, we would avoid a lot of difficult arguments just spouting off at the mouth, as we sometimes say. Just ask the Lord, give me the words to say. Maybe I'm rightfully angry, but if I just shout and yell and scream, what good is that going to be? Brothers and sisters, God can give us much more control over our anger, over our fear, over our language. And so whenever you're in a tight spot, just stop for a moment and say, Lord, what would you have me do here? God is good. I don't mean he's going to say words that will come down from heaven. But if you pause just for a moment, you'll get hold of yourself and you may well get a thought that you didn't have before. And sometimes it's just quiet, but it's enough to bring down the steam. And then you think what is really right to say here. You might be justifiably angry. How do we respect the other person while we're correcting them? Please, brothers and sisters, let us open our hearts to God in those moments. Sister Ann Shields gives you food for the journey. Weekday mornings at 645 and again at 1130 on 990 Ave Maria Radio. Welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show with your question or personal problem is 877 573 
7825 877-5-PEP talk and after hearing Frank I pulled up some some funnies or jokes that I had uh, printed for like backup today and it made me think of one of those funnies and then I looked at the list and I'm like oh a lot of our listeners will want to hear these funnies so I'll hopefully have a chance to read those soon but our next caller is Mary Jo from Washington so stay tuned if you want to laugh with me <laughs> there's jokes for moms and people at home and older people all right Mary Jo from Washington welcome to the show Mary Jo thanks for calling how can I help you today oh thank you, oh, thank you so much thank you very much for accepting my call and um, I was hearing everything uh, that you were saying about how to manage depression and all the natural remedies and so forth and so on uh, right on I'm 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 just excited and thrilled that you reinforce that uh, to everybody and um, it's important uh, as a Catholic for myself is to surrender ourselves to the Lord mm-hmm. every morning dear Lord I, I'm here I come to do your will exactly. surrendering your body because we are a living sacrifice mm-hmm. uh oh she got cut off because we can't Okay, here she is. She's back. Her phone's going in and out. Oh, my goodness. Hey, unceasingly pray. Okay. Mary Jo, you're going to have to call back in. We have a, a bad connection here, but we'd love to hear what you want to say about gratitude and you're happy for the natural remedies for depression because um, gratitude is, is so important. So maybe, like, hang up, call back in, and I'll start a couple of those. Is she back yet? Uh, I'm okay. back. I'm here. Okay, better connection. Okay, go ahead. You want to talk about gratitude and uh, hanging on to God, so go ahead. Yes, and just offering ourselves every morning to our Lord Jesus as a living sacrifice from Scripture. Here I am, Lord. I've come to do your will. Mm, yes. And say, I'm, I'm offering to you all my aches and pains, my anger, my joy, um, talking to the Lord, uh, reading Scripture, going to Mass, receiving the Holy Eucharist, uh, if not in person, uh, on TV. Um, and then asking for spiritual direction. If uh, you're plagued, if you're plagued with something very difficult, make an appointment to see the priest. You know, Father, I, I need to talk to you. I need clarity. I need clarification. I need encouragement. Help me here. Help me. You know, it helps to talk to someone. It does. It's not healthy to just be within yourself and be within your own thoughts, especially in a world out there where people are unkind, people are rude, people are not friendly. And you're there filled with the Lord, filled with Jesus, and you come across someone who is not filled with Jesus, who is the complete opposite. So how do you, how does a person deal with rudeness and kindness when you are filled with the Lord? It's hard. So you must speak to someone. Um, You must vocalize it to someone and get that support and say, oh, I'm sorry. I I, I get it. I know exactly what you're feeling. And then also when you're out there connecting with others, you know, if someone is having difficulty with scanning something or someone is looking for something and you ask, can I help you? Did you lose something? Mm. There's one lady, she lost her part of her ear pod or something. Thing. And this was like 
11 at night. I had to put garbage out. And I said, what's wrong? She goes, oh, I've lost my ear pad. I, I, I just... So just connecting with people, you know, not being in your own shell. I, I'm not meaning to put yourself out there, but to be kind and polite, to be curious. Can I help you? And then, you know, I hugged her. I said, don't worry, you know, I'm so sorry this happened. And I gave her a hug. Sometimes some people just need a hug. Some people need a smile. Some people need an acknowledgement. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Hi, how are you today? Oh, thank you for what you do. You know, a homeless person, if you have something, anything, have a slice of pizza. Here, I just got a pizza. Have a slice. You know, touching people every single day because when you touch someone, you reach out. That adds to you. That adds to your, your brightness, your, your joy. Your joy. And it's so important. Um, like I was applying for housing the other day. And, I, you know, I'm, uh, these tenants were there. And I smiled. And we started talking. And, oh, if you, if you need help moving, we can help you move. Mm, oh, um, I said, well, is there any type of social activities? Oh, yes. Uh, there's music. There's piano. And I said, oh, well, I play. And this person said, oh, oh I play goodness. too. I I said, I want to hear you play. He said, well, I haven't played in years and years and years. I said, well, what's the favorite song? Oh, Claire de Lune. I oh. said, I didn't see. I want to hear you play. He oh goes, no, goodness. I can't. I said, look, if I, if I come out and play, I will get you. We will play together. We will oh sing together. Music. Music helps yes. so much. Yes, having it does. Pet, having a cat. Having a dog. Having a bird. You are so full. Oh, no, we got cut off again. Oh, my goodness. Mary Jo, you are full of wonderful ideas. Thank you so much. And you just touched my heart, made me smile when I thought about playing an instrument. I was talking to one of my life coaching clients the other day about, um, you know, playing the piano and how it helps us express our uh, emotions and things like that. But you're right. Reaching out adds to your light. And, uh, and, and, oh, it's such beautiful things that you're saying. It reminds me of some things that I do. If we have to process a bad emotion, like even if we're watching, you know, we can watch like a heart-wrenching movie, process those old sad feelings, and then do all these good things that um, that Mary Jo just suggested to us, especially with music. She's right. Music does something to our brain. Sometimes I'll um, play it only like, you know, I want to hold your hand by the Beatles and think of God singing that to me if I'm home alone. Like, I want to hold your hand or maybe sing that uh, I will follow him from Sister Act where it just goes from a solemn song to exciting and, and and sharing music is wonderful sharing with people and being friendly to those people that are or curious even to people that are around us i think people at the grocery store like thanks for working here late tonight or somebody at the dollar store like a, oh i appreciate being here on a you know a late at night or early in the morning or on a sunday so so a lot of things that we can um to do to to reach out to others so mary joe thank you so much for your call and for calling back after our first bad connection but, but with gratitude and joy that we can make the world a better place. Just shed your light on the world. Bring light to others in little ways when you're taking out the garbage at your apartment complex or everybody that you come in contact with so that you bring that joy of Jesus to everybody. Thank you so much for those ideas, Mary Jo. God bless you. Time for our break. We'll be back with more of Master Peel, maybe a couple of those funnies, right after this message. 
It's been nine presidential elections that I've been on the air, and I've been watching Christians engage the culture around us. In almost every campaign year, candidates urge us to take back America. This is about as tired a phrase as you can find. And yet, with each election, the command to take back America reappears. We seem to think that America's problem that we have to correct is go back to a different idea of the budget or a different foreign policy or new regulatory reform. I'd argue that America's biggest problem is this act of idolatry that has allowed us to turn the emphasis on ordered liberty into a preoccupation with personal and individual autonomy. I'd go further and say that any attempt to take back America or make America great again that does not attack the idolatry of individual autonomy is doomed to failure. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and the Ave Maria Radio app. Blessed Carlo Acutis is quoted as saying, Continuously ask your guardian angel for help. Your guardian angel has to become your best friend. We all have traveling companions, our guardian angels walking with us through life. How often are you communicating with your angel? Jesus said, I send you an angel before you to protect you, to accompany you along the path so that you do not make mistakes. According to the tradition of the Catholic Church, each of us has a guardian angel who protects us and helps make us aware of things around us. In his angels in 2021, Pope Francis noted that oftentimes we have that feeling that I should do this or this is not right or be careful. That's the voice of our guardian angel. We don't walk alone. Not listening to our guardian angel's advice, however, the Pope says, is like telling him to go away. It's dangerous to chase away our traveling companion. This has been a Christ Center communication message. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo, a communications evangelist and host of Epiphany. Welcome to Mass to Peel. Our last segment already. It's been a pleasure to be with you. It's going. Um, it's so much fun to be with you here today. Uh, the number to get on today's show. Oh, I'm not going to give it out. We've got a caller here, and I said I would tell you a couple of these funnies. I'll tell you a couple now. We'll go to our caller, and I'll tell you a couple more, hopefully. Okay, for Frank and Mary Jo that called earlier, um, this funny says, Being a little older, I'm very fortunate to have someone call and check on me every day. He's from India, and he's very concerned about my car warranty. (laughs) I think we all get those calls. Okay, here's for my friend Margaret. I choked on a carrot this morning, and all I could think of was, I bet a donut wouldn't have done this to me. (laughs) Okay, and for Mary, um, another uh, friend of ours that listens all the time, it turns out that when asked who your favorite child is, you're supposed to pick one of your own. I now know that. And uh, let's see, we'll go for one more here. Um, We'll save the others for later. For moms with kids at home, my kids say they want a cat for Christmas. Normally I serve turkey, but hey, if a cat will make them happy, we can serve that. (laughs) All right. Okay, now we'll go to Mark, uh, our last caller of the day, Mark from Pennsylvania. Oh, you want to comment on um, our earlier caller, had uh, Carol, who had problems with gossip at work. So go ahead, Mark, help us out with that. Yes. You're on the air now. Yes. 
Good morning, Colleen. Thank you for taking my call. And, uh, yes, so I just wanted to uh, maybe provide a little uh, comment on uh, the lady that was struggling with hearing the gossip from her boss in the Mm -hmm. office. And and your advice was was really spot on because you started out, you know, talking about the sinfulness of that. And I think for a lot of us, and and I'm a Catholic, too, and a lot of us don't even realize that, that certainly speaking those words that can be harmful to others is sinful, but also listening to those words, right? And that's where we fall into trouble because a lot of us just want to sort of go along and you don't want to get into any kind of conflict. So you want to kind of just sort of uh, kind of affirm what that other person's saying. But I think one test for each of us might be that if those words actually, if those words that are are coming into your ears actually hurt your ears when when you hear them. And and, and another test would be, uh, is that person that that is being spoken about are they there to defend themselves mm, right yeah. so mm-hmm. that that might be something to think about here and i remember years ago listening to a, a, a good homily on the radio by chuck swindoll evangelical preacher and he talked about the insidious nature of gossip mm. and the fact that it can really destroy an organization and by organization i mean even a church right so when when gossip is allowed to proliferate within a church and here again what what's the the measure of that it, it's maybe two people talking about somebody else that's not there to defend themselves that happens in our church too we're all sinners yeah, right and i'm speaking yeah. to myself as much as i'm speaking to everybody else here I, i'm i'm guilty of these things too but mm-hmm. i think we can help to understand the insidious nature of that by you know reflecting on whether we engage in that that kind of thing and and if we are then take it to confession and 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 let that strengthen us when we confess that as a sin and try hard not to commit that again. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much for those ideas. You're absolutely right. We need to go to confession, promise not to do that again. And when we take these types of sins, being gossip or even listening to gossip or slander or detraction, saying something bad about someone like, you know, complaining to our sister or mother about our spouse, that creates division in our own lives and relationships as well. But confession is the sacrament of healing, that Jesus can heal that. And we can ask our guardian angel and the Holy Spirit and all that grace of God that we receive through that sacrament of reconciliation to heal that wound or even that desire to gossip or slander or talk about other people. And then we get that, we get that reminders then. Then our conscience is uh, formed a little bit better, strengthened a little bit better, so we can, when we're tempted to do that, we can find some answers or ways to defer that, as, uh, as you heard when we spoke to Carol earlier. So a lot of good things going on, a lot of good questions here on this show. Again, if you need to go to the archives and hear it again, whether it's about cohabitation or gossip or forgiveness and forgetting or natural remedies for depression, we covered a lot of wonderful topics thanks to your calls. You can always go to AveMariaRadio.net and look on in the archives for this show. So uh, thank you so much for being here with us today. You've had some wonderful questions. I've enjoyed being with you. And it helps us get through the winter, doesn't it, in these days that are darker, whether you're in good weather in the south 
or cold snow storms and blowing winds as we're having here up in the north part of the country. Um, we can always find some joy in staying connected to our faith, staying connected to our Lord, and being the person He means us to be. As Mary, as um, Mary from uh, uh, Mary Joe had said from Washington about bringing joy, bringing light to other people. So it's wonderful for us to live the faith, to live the resurrection, get back to those readings about the Psalm 40 that we're going to be reading tomorrow. Behold, I come to do your will. Announce God's justice to the vast assembly. Remember that your body is for Christ. It's been bought at a price. And follow God in the gospel tomorrow behold the Lamb of God and what are you looking for and they knew that Jesus was the rabbi and so we know that our Messiah has come we can live the resurrection so I'm challenging you here Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal to be that Jesus Christ for others be that light of the world we'll talk to you next week and I'll have some more, more of those funnies ready so God bless you bye Mast Appeal is produced by Ave Maria Radio and broadcast through the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Copies can be purchased or free downloads can be found at the Ave Maria website, AveMariaRadio.net. If you have a comment or question for Colleen, write to Colleen at AveMariaRadio.net or Mast Appeal at AveMariaRadio.net. And listen for Mass Appeal Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 Eastern Time for free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. Light of the East, weekends on Ave Maria Radio. I'm Father Thomas Loya. This week on Ave Maria, as though being born and laid in a manger in Bethlehem was not humbling enough, our Lord chose to lower himself in the lowest spot on the earth's surface, the River Jordan. There he would be baptized for our sake and God as Trinity would be revealed. Now on Ave Maria Radio's newest FM stations, 105.5 FM in Southfield and 107.9 FM in Ann Arbor. This is Life News Radio. I'm Jim Anderson, former Planned Parenthood manager, now a pro-life activist. Abby Johnson says, Every day, girls as young as 13 are taken from school without...